on this episode of Connected, Dave Danto attends Infocom Connections and talks AV network security. This and more on Connected. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Connected, Episode 5, Infocom Connections, recorded March 2016. Greetings and welcome to Connected, Everything IoT. I'm David Dantar, your host, and I'm coming to you this time from uh, the site of Infocom Connections, San Jose. Uh, We're here to talk to a number of people that will be at the show, some of our speakers and some of our exhibitors, about that same issue of security that we had brought up uh, on our second episode. Uh, There was a recent incident that I'm sure most everyone is aware of, of an AMX control system in a room being discovered by a a European uh, consulting organization um, as having some back doors. Um, And uh, Harmon has come out and explained that these were not intended to be back doors and they were not intended to be malicious, and that's certainly acceptable, but it surely raises the issue of how secure integrated AV rooms are. Um, it's certainly it's one of the topics that we're talking about here at Infocom Connections. It'll be one of the topics we talk about at Infocom in June. Um, and I'm going to spend the time today talking to a number of people that will be here at the show and get their opinions of this whole incident and uh, how the AV industry should be reacting. So thanks very much for joining us. Here come some of the interviews. Uh, my name is Tim Albright. I'm the founder and president of AV Nation. And my name is Josh Strago. I am a consultant here in the Bay Area, and I'm also the editor-in-chief at Aviation. Okay. So initial reaction. You guys heard about what happened with the AMX. uh, What do you you think about what's going on in terms of security in AV? Uh, On a scale of 1 to 10, how big an issue is security in integrated I'd say at this point, with the way that integration is going, we're looking at about an 8 out of 10. Uh, We really need to be very concerned about this. The more devices that we put on the network, the more vulnerabilities we're placing out there. In addition to that, we also have all the devices that are going to be coming and going that are connecting to these. So we have to pay attention not only to the devices that we're providing, but also provide security between devices that are connecting to our devices and the devices that are downline from that. So it's, it's an issue that we really need to be dealing with as an industry, and certain manufacturers are taking steps to do that but it's at a minimal effort or it's just not being publicized and discussed in the way that it should be at this point in time. So I would put it actually as an, at a 9 or a 10. And taking off what Josh said, it, there are go- always going to be people who are trying to get into devices, whether that's a computer, a laptop, a projector. As more and more of these devices get put online, more and more people are going to try to break into them to get access to other things on the network. The computer industry, the software industry, already has a mechanism in place to weekly or monthly update their security. AV doesn't. There, there is no Patch Tuesday for AV. Um, and until we get there, I think we're going to be at, at a 9 or a 10. Um, but like he said, there are manufacturers who are working to actively assess the situation, actively assess their, their threat assessment. And working with their integrators and working with those who are involved in upgrading and, and, and updating the software and updating um, the the firmware, they're getting there. There's just there as an as an industry, we're not. It's not baked into what we what we do on a weekly basis. Okay, so let's talk to the industry and then we'll talk to 
to the end user, and you have the mic too, so we'll start with you. Okay. What do you tell the major and middle manufacturers in the, in the integration industry? What should they be doing that the right thing to do? So the right thing is, first of all, um, you, you get more software and, and honestly hackers on your staff. Um, there have been thousands of stories about, you know, one hacker or this hacker that who, who broke into the CIA or broke into NASA. And instead of arresting them, they offered them a job, right, because they're such a good hacker. Look for those people. Go to DevComs. Go to, you know, Black Hat and White Hat um, industry events where these folks display their, their ability to break into systems and hire them. Because they're going, what they're going to do is you're going to put them in front of a device and you're going to tell them, I want you to break into this and then tell me how you did it so that you can stop them, right? So that's step one. Start hiring, uh, start changing who you hire and how you hire. The se th second thing is, is let, let's not call them firmware updates because there's a, a, a bad taste in, in a lot of integrators' mouth when it comes to firmware. Is, has it been tested? Is it going to break anything? Let's call it what it is. It's a security software update that needs to be done on a regular basis as security threats are realized. So instead of firmware, let's call it software. And once we do that, I think it's going to take some time because, you know, you're going to have some, some old dogs that are, well, it's firmware, so I don't want to, you know, I don't want to mess with it. But as, as the, the manufacturers do more and more outreach and honestly more and more marketing, I, I think we as an industry will get into a position where we're familiar and comfortable with it. It's it's an interesting question to look at how the end users are going to respond to this at this point in time and how integrators need to be dealing with this because of the fact that we can't stop putting things on the network and it becomes a limited liability aspect. The we, we as an industry begged so much and so much to get more and more devices that were going to live on these networks and now we have them. Only we kind of forgot about a really important thing about making sure that we weren't going to create any vulnerability. So it becomes limiting the aspect of uh, access. It's how few points of access can we provide them. And when you're looking at it from that perspective, the, the integrator is obviously going to want to say, well, we can provide these re remote access, and that's wonderful. We have these remote service capabilities. We have AV as a service that's starting to bridge as a terminology that's moving out, and these are all wonderful things. Uh, we are constantly discussing as an industry moving beyond selling hardware and moving into selling services. Unfortunately, selling services means that we have to have access to that hardware remotely. And so if we're putting a lot of devices on those networks, well, how many ways into that network are we providing? We need to limit that access down to one point, two points, or as few as possible, and creating as few holes to the outside network. Air-gapping networks is a constant conversation, especially for the AV world. We already have that insecurity to transmit video due to bandwidth restrictions. We're talking about that constantly in terms of network switch systems now to not bog down their network and constantly dealing with, uh, with subnets for the AV industry and making sure that we're keeping ourselves away from their data traffic. Well, not only do we have to keep ourselves away from their data traffic so that we can prevent bandwidth concerns, we also have to move ourselves away from that to prevent security issues. So keeping ourselves partitioned away from that is the fundamental step that is happening at this point in time until we can start locking that door and preventing it. It's, it's a stopgap measure, but it's what we have available to us. Before we talk about the end user, really briefly, will any of those strategies work? Even the best ones that you've recommended for the best companies and the best integrators, if a bunch of or all of the component manufacturers aren't on board in the same way, 
Will any end user put in a security patch on one device in a room and then have to put in a security patch on the next device next week and then the next device the next month? Would it work? Or are we, do we need to get a coalition going? It's funny because I, as somebody who's a fan of standards and somebody who likes the idea of uniformity across all platforms, I like the idea of that coalition that's discussing this. Simultaneously, in this industry, we've always had everybody that does things a little bit differently, which makes everything harder to play together. So there's a certain benefit that if everybody tries to secure things just a little bit differently, it makes it harder if you're putting more different devices in a system because maybe they'll have access to one but not all of them. And maybe that device won't be very vulnerable or maybe it won't have any useful information or any access to anything else. So the coalition in terms of discussing ideas and getting everybody on the same page is wonderful, but implementation on different platforms in different ways sort of looks like almost a benefit to our concerns looking down the line because we play with so many different manufacturers in this industry. My initial reaction is good luck with that. <laughs> um, manufacturers are, are historically proprietary. Um, they think that, that what they do is is... is their secret sauce is better than everybody else's secret sauce. Uh, not to disparage the manufacturers, I'm sure that everybody's is, is uniquely special. Uh, however, um, you're not gonna you're not gonna get a standard put together. You just flat out not. And, and a couple of the reasons that, that Josh put out there, the fact that it actually opens a door, uh, because if you have a security standard, then if they get into one device, they can get into all of them. That's a great point, actually. Um, the second reason is, you know, you, you, they do have different topologies. Now, this goes into making sure that we treat ourselves like the IT devices we are. Um, yes, you take, you know, HDMI in and you take RS-232 and you switch it and you do some stuff, stuff with that. But you're also an IT device. We need to treat ourselves like one. Um, and yes, that requires updating the software and updating the security and it may take it on a weekly basis that will actually change the design i think more than the actual uh, customer experience because the design consultants will coordinate with the integrators and whoever's maintaining that system and say okay you know how how comfortable are you updating once a week twice a week this that and the other so if you have all or majority of brand x devices then you patch once a week if you have three or four other devices, uh, other manufacturers, then you might have to patch two or three times a week, and that's okay. All right, so last question. Um, pretend I am a Fortune 500 AV or facilities manager. I have maybe 10 rooms, maybe 1,000 rooms. What do I do today? What, what steps should I be taking? Uh, today, if you already have the rooms, um, you know, there are some assumptions and some, some questions I would, I would have to ask back. But the, the majority of current installations are either already on another VLAN or a separate network altogether, right? That, that is the standard currently. Um, there's not many IT managers who are comfortable putting their devices on the same network as, as AV. So there are some security things you can do with those switches and with the VLANs to lock things down. You can put things into place that once you, once you sense a security risk, you can lock it all, t all together. Now, what that does is it obviously breaks the functionality of the system, but it also protects the rest of your network. That's what you do today. What you do tomorrow going forward, though, is you work with your AV integrator and you work with your uh, IT department and say, okay, what what level of risk are we comfortable with? If you're MasterCard or you're the Department of Justice, probably not very much. So you have to work in, w within your realm of comfort level.
A CTO once said to me that he had a conversation uh, with the CEO of his company, and he said uh, the CEO requested that they wanted to have a completely secure network. And the CTO's response to this was, great, I'll go and plug your switch. There is no such thing as a 100% secure solution. If you're reaching the outside world and you're reaching someplace that is goes beyond your in, inner walls and your inner building, you are vulnerable. That is just a fact of technology in today's world. I go back to limiting the number of access points that are reaching that outside world. M keep it down to as few points of access as possible. Um, only open them up when you absolutely have to. This is one of the reasons uh, why VPNs have been so successful in terms of remote access is that the client gets to dictate when this is open and provides the security for these types of things. So by only allowing access when they deem it possible, don't leave them open all the time. Uh, this also gets back into air gapping and preventing these devices from hitting an outside network at all. And the other part of it is looking towards the future. You want to be concerned about how many devices, period, are putting out there. I mean, we're moving more and more devices into a software-based solution. We're moving more and more into cloud-type access. That means that we're not just necessarily dealing with a physical point anymore. We're dealing with cloud security that has to come into play here. But that's out of the AV realm. We're just being able to transport signals to and from it, and that gets into communicating with those other solutions and those other systems. AV has been a silo unto itself for so long in its own world and, to a certain extent, in its own arrogance. Um, we've always believed that we, we do things in a different way, and we still do, and we will always will because we have a basis of knowledge that a lot of people don't have in terms of understanding performance standards and understanding the best practices of ways to make these systems and optimize these systems uh, for our clients. But simultaneously, we can't play by ourselves anymore. We have a lot of people that we have to work with, working with the security experts and bringing them into our industry and advising our clients looking at rooms now and looking at rooms to the future. What's going to be the best thing for now? Well, let's limit as much access as we possibly can to the outside world, looking to the future. Well, where are our technologies going? Are we moving more and more devices off these networks and into secure places? Are we going to have virtual machines that store all this data or that we log into that are going to allow us these access points outside and creating those barriers from direct access to these solutions? Okay, so if anybody wants to reach out to you and ask you a follow-up, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, if you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at, at JSrago, that's J-S-R-A-G-O, or you can reach out to me at Josh at avnation.tv. Uh, the best possible is, or the best way, I guess, is uh, Tim at avnation.tv uh, or our website, avnation.tv. Hi, my name is Ken Scatoro. I'm with my VRM. And I'm sure you're familiar with the stuff we're talking about with AV security. Where do you think it is on a scale of 1 to 10? 1 being we're off of crazy talking about it, and 10 being it's the worst crisis in the world. David, I wouldn't say it's the worst crisis in the world, but I would give it a 9. It's very critical in the environment. Have you seen any issues with any of your clients or customers that, that are dealing with this more directly than they have in the past? Um, I, I think the awareness across the board on security, particularly in the internal environment, is, is at an all-time high. I mean, I've been hacked. I think you've been hacked. right? We see on the news every day that people are getting hacked, personal information, corporate information, intellectual property. So it's, it's critical, and it's happening every day. Whether we hear about it or not, it's happening. So what should manufacturers do right now in the AV space, component manufacturers, to try and deal with this? Well, first, they need to recognize that it is, in fact, a problem. 
and they have to be transparent with their partners and their customers on exactly what the limitations are from a security perspective of their products, whether that's getting a third-party company to come in and do penetration testing within their environment, security audits within their product set. They need to understand what the discrepancies are and the deficiencies are with the product and be clear with the people who are architecting their solutions so that they can build a good security architecture around their products. And if you're talking to your client, a Fortune 500 company, it's got some rooms around the world, what, what, would, what would you advise them to be doing now? Well, make security part of the overall design early on in the process. I think uh, AV historically has been very late in the process of rolling out an environment. So if we can get AV earlier in the development and the architecture process and bring security in within the AV earlier in the process, we can have these discussions well before um, implementation or solutions are rolled out. What about existing rooms? What should they do? Well, I think first and foremost, you need to understand what the security vulnerabilities are within the products in the existing rooms. Right, which means going out to the website, talking to the customer, understanding what patches need to be applied compared to the level of software that's within that particular room, and then at a minimum get those caught up on all security patches. People want to get in touch with you. How do they do that? Uh, they can get in touch with me via kscaturo at myvrm.com or info at myvrm.com. I'm the director of marketing for the Communication Systems Division of Compunetics. As you know, David, uh, Compunetics is made up of many different business units. Uh, the Communication Systems Division is one. Um, another one is our Federal Systems Division. And that's the group probably that plays the most when it comes to security and encryption and the types of uh, incidents and, and uh, activities that we're going to be talking about here at the show. So if I say AV security to you, what does that mean? Well, interesting. Uh, you know, AV security used to be all about uh, uh, the devices themselves, the individual uh, component pieces, whether it's the camera or the codec or the, the monitor. Anymore, uh, and I think you wrote up something about this recently, David. I don't want to steal your thunder, but all of those things are connected now. We talked about this on the last session, actually, down in, uh, uh, in New York. And each of those components is now connected on the network. They all have an Ethernet connection. So they are now network components instead of just being AV components. So whereas the issue with security previously had to do with accessing the system, accessing the content on those systems, making sure that those systems were up to date, um, they were at that point somewhat connected via circuit systems, and which were a lot harder to hack back in the day, uh, a lot harder to tap into a to a stream than it is into an IP packet. But, you know, today all of those things are on the network. They're all accessible. They all have an IP address, and thus they're all a target for hackers and other malicious people and software. Okay, so be my check and balance okay. on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 being stop talking about this, it's stupid, you're wasting time, and 10 is it's a crisis, rip everything out. Where are we? Yeah, I'd, uh, honestly, I'd put us about an 8 right now. Honestly, it's, it's not, I, I'm not so sure that we're ready to rip out our hair. I think a lot of these things are solvable, um, and, I, and I've seen some, some movement in that direction. So I, I'm not sure that the, uh, I'm ready to pull my hair out just yet. But as we all know, there have already been some high-profile uh, situations where AV components or uh, aspects of that network have been hacked into, uh, that that information and data has been exposed. And so 
I suspect we'll see a few more of those high-profile ones over the next couple of years before we really kind of put a lid on this or, or at least figure out a way to get at it. All right, so be the consultant. You, okay. If you have a client that's a Fortune 500 company that's got 100 or 1,000 integrated rooms right now, yeah. what, what, what should they do? Right. Um, that's a tough one. Uh, you know, a, a lot of this has to do with accessibility of those individual elements on your network and how they get upgraded, how they get accessed, how they get uh, staged. So, um, you know, right now in that sort of a Fortune 5000 company that has a lot of conference rooms, a lot of uh, uh, devices, AV devices across there, it's a, somewhat of a nightmare in terms of security because they're dealing with a lot of different companies, a lot of different uh, vendors, and a lot of different types of security aspects that they have to get at. Um, one of the things that I would say, uh, you know, and, and we're, this is maybe I'm going to tiptoe into the encryption just a little bit here because it's such a hot issue this last few weeks with Apple and the, and the, and the devices that are out there. Um, encryption is your friend, honestly. Uh, it, 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 while, while the government might have some issues with uh, devices that are encrypted and getting access to them, encryption for the most part is everybody's best friend. It, it secures your data and it secures the, the information that you want to keep secret. So moving forward to that, to that Fortune 5000 company, one of the things that I would s definitely suggest is that they, if they don't already, designate a security expert. Uh, that person should be doing regular audits. They should be trying to pull all those elements together as much as possible into containers that they can manage um, and can monitor across their networks. And, you know, uh, don't rely on uh, the same types of security that we've grown used to over the last 20 years. They're just not enough. Okay, that's great. If somebody wanted to reach out to you, find out more about your company. Sure. Absolutely. The, they can reach us at Compunetics. It's www.compunetics.com on the internet. Uh, or if they want to reach me directly, they can reach me at that email address, rhaley at compunetics.com. Great. Thanks very much. Corey covering Silicon Valley and Washington, Oregon, and Alaska. You read the stories about uh, the back door and the Harmon, and you've heard about AV security. Of course. You've been asking a lot of people on a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being shocked and being stupid about it, and 10 being one for the fire exits. Where, where are we right now? What do you think? How big are the issue, an issue is this? Six or seven, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Um, the particular incidents in the news relates to a vulnerability that I think is fairly rare. My understanding is that someone scanned through uh, an SD card and found a, a password right inside uh, the, the source code on a processor. That is uh, probably not ideal practice, and I'm sure it was a, a legacy thing. Uh, I'm quite sure that the company involved has prevented that going forward, right, and um, that most other folks in the manufacturing sector would make sure they don't have a similar vulnerability. But the larger context of vulnerability is an important question, right? Um, some of the gentlemen that you were speaking to earlier brought up some very good points. The nature of the way that these products work means they have to be on a network. And you need to do some common sense things, right, that uh, will prevent, you know, unauthorized access uh, using a VPN connection where the client has to give a remote integrator permission to access their system is a great tool. Um, pursuing government standards, right? Uh, there are certifications that you can get to work in secure and uh, 
secret spaces, JIDIC and others like that. And that requires that people submit to a broad, broad range of testing. And then on the day-to-day -day basis, because, you know, let's be honest, the way that um, network security works is you, you try to build for you try to build for the threats that you can know and anticipate, but that new threats come up every day. Somebody finds a new, um, a new weakness in SSL or something like that. So um, what you want to do is use daily check-ins where you run your source code against any one of three or four different programs that go out and look at uh, you know, new and emerging threats and look at your compiled code against those new and emerging threats. So there's, there's kind of two halves to it, right? You want to, well, no, three, you, you want to eliminate a silly vulnerability, and I don't mean to cast any aspersions. Again, I'm sure that this was just a legacy issue, but you don't want to have something like that. It's just an Easter egg laying on the ground. Uh, two, you want to make sure that you're architected to industry standard, right, is, is probably the easiest way to say it. And then third, you want to make sure that you're dynamically addressing new vulnerabilities as they emerge. Do you see anything significant in the AV industry? I'm not speaking for your, your firm, but all manufacturers. Are, are, is there going to be process change as a result of this awareness? My gosh, um, yes, would be the short answer. Um, the nature of brooms, right, is changing. Um, now it's not just a room where six or eight people sit around a board table and switch three or four sources into a flat panel display or maybe have a hard endpoint, right? What's happening now is people have a lot of small rooms with soft endpoints. And the nature of the technology of what our users want is driving the, the the solutions that we put into these rooms. And as we address our market's concerns, we need to address our market security concerns. So yes, um, everybody needs to have a level of um, internet uh, interoperability, right? And everyone needs to address it in the proper way. So if I'm an end user, Fortune 500 company, yeah, I have a bunch of rooms. Somebody, right now, legacy, old, some newer ones. What do I do? What should I do? Oh, um, <laughs> you should have a program. And let me, let me say this the right way. Um, we, need to think, we need to think differently about what we do for these folks, and they need to think differently as well, right? Um, you know, it's funny. I've been doing this long enough. You've gone through two or three iterations. When I first started in this business, you went and you called on somebody, usually in facilities, and they had a, a cart that they pushed a projector or an overhead projector around on. And these were just, these were just assets, Right. These were just assets that you know, needed to be monitored and occasionally you know, uh, repurchased. Now we've got you know, these incredibly uh, diverse and interconnected rooms. And in general, you figure out what your capital depreciation schedule is. And it's kind of like the Golden Gate Bridge, right? When you finish painting one end, it's time, time to turn around and start painting the other end again. Because the, the use case is evolving continuously. And the, the need of the rooms to respond to both the use case and the security environment is evolving continuously. And they need to look at these assets the same way they look at their IT assets and not as a separate class of asset. Great. If somebody wants to reach out to you, how do they do that? Gosh, you can always reach me at uh, salexander at crestron.com. So as we wrapped up the Infocom Connection show in San Jose, uh, we spoke with a lot of other people off camera that told us that AV security is definitely going to be the gorilla in the room going forward. Well, when we did a panel on panel discussion on that, 
um, and most of our panelists were rating it around where our interview subjects rated it, you know, seven out of 10, eight out of 10. Uh, one of the people stood up in the audience and said, you guys are out of your mind. This is a 10 out of 10. And I tend to agree with that. We have soft targets sitting in AV rooms across the world that are never updated. Um, once the firmware is installed and everything works, none of the updates are pushed out and no one takes care of it. Um, there may not be a huge risk from hearing the substance and the content of meetings, but there is a huge risk that these rooms are getting infected and they're passing those infections off into client networks. And as an industry, we really need to be doing something about it. Um, so that's it for uh, AV Nation TV's Connected, um, Everything IoT. My name again is David Danto. I'm the host of the show. Um, thank you very much for joining us and uh, we'll see you on the next episode. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation.